Hey, uh, Ken, could you come in here for a second? Yeah, what's up? Hey, Ken. Uh, so, look, we, um, you know, we saw what you were doing on, on Twitter. And, you know, yeah. we just, it's, I, I don't know. You, 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 you're, you know, it's, it's time after time we've had these conversations. We saw you started a sub stack. Oh, yeah, and, just an email kind of update from whenever I have one of my stories out. Okay, but you realize that our show is on Substack as well, though, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it was just for, you know, if someone wants to see my one of my things and, and maybe isn't necessarily associated with the show. Uh, yeah, but, okay, you signed the uh, the intern agreement, and, you know, this, this violates your non-compete clause. Non-compete clause, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Judy talked to you about this because I know yeah. wait, I know she reprimanded you for some of your behavior you've been that's been going on on Twitter uh, over the last few weeks. So I'm sure she mentioned this. I remember I signed there was like a huge stack of papers. I didn't really have time to go through it all, but you guys told me that it was pretty you know boilerplate um, it is. You know, co- yeah. contract language. Well, I, I don't want to be on toward here, but I don't you know I don't get any benefits or anything. so I was thinking uh, you know I might need to do some things on the side to um, make ends meet. Well, yeah, now that you bring it up, you actually owe us for the privilege of working here. So, like, I'll, after this meeting, let's let's touch base and there, we'll there, circle some back o- on that. Yeah. yeah, there's some overdue invoices for, for what you owe us to be here. Um, I'm looking through the contract language, and it looks like there's an NDA, too, so I can't even defend myself against what you guys are saying? That's correct. Yeah, yeah we'd have to take legal action if you spoke out. Uh, wh- so, how am I supposed to... Am- well, Am I allowed to do anything outside of the show? Well, you're absolutely you're banned from the show. I don't know if that mm-hmm. that should be clear by now. Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've talked about this many times week. at this point. So, so I can't. I both can't do anything on with the show, but I can't do anything outside of the show either. I mean, this is pretty standard stuff. I I, I don't understand why yeah. you're being so difficult. Like, you knew what this so was much. when you got involved in this relationship, yeah. so. and you signed these these documents. Like we, you know, you had the opportunity to review them. We gave you at least what five minutes. Could I at least get a like probationary period to prove myself and and maybe? Well, you um, kind of blew that when you when you when you uh, made fun of Richard Grinnell. Yeah, that was way over the line, Ken. You have to respect the office, Ken. We stand with our, our the heroes uh, in the in the United States intelligence community, and when you kind of when you act out on Twitter like this, play these kind of childish pranks and japes, uh, it reflects really poorly on all of us. And uh, no more it, japes. Yeah, no more japes, please. Can I have hijinks at least? Oh my god! Oh my Next god. thing you're going to be asking about tomfoolery or something like that. You know, there's it's a continuum. I mean, you don't want to go, want to go overboard here. Listen, well, we'll touch base on this again soon. Um, I think for now we need to settle into the kind of status quo that we're kind of outlining here, where you you are banned from appearing on the show. You cannot operate another Substack. I don't know why you're in the office right now. I mean, I thought. Our security measures were in place to prevent that, but I think let's just stick with that for now. We can maybe revisit in like four to six months, I think. Um, in the meantime, though, I really wanted to talk about a couple of huge wins that we've been seeing um, from the Biden administration. Have you believed that cabinet that he's rolling out? All our recommendations being followed through to a T, really impressive. I think it's it's so great to see this coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, progressives are going to have egg on their face when they uh, roll out these appointments that um, I'm sure he won't go to the Senate to seek confirmation for, uh, which Trump didn't and just put him in acting positions. He'll do that as well. Um, and not just, you know, buckle in the face of uh, 
criticism from Fox about um, not not going through the formal Senate confirmation process that Trump didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you kind of have like a list of priorities of who you want in and, you know, people that you're a little bit more flexible on. I think I've got two of my top three uh like looking pretty good right now so you know my 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 number two spot well first my number one spot's Rahm Emanuel you gotta have him he's a seasoned I'm sure he's just holding off that announcement to a crucial time that he's gonna really drop it and really yeah gritty Chicago style politics we need him back in there oh Uh, second I mean Cedric Richmond uh love it the guy who's never talked about air pollution being uh responsible for liaising between the administration and climate groups and also has a long history of you know, shilling for uh, oil and gas companies. Great choice, Mr. Biden. Fantastic. Um, and just finally, just a, a stack of, of checks from from lobbying firms. That's it. Just whatever that is, just put them in somewhere. Yeah. Well, I think it's easy to uh, dunk on him for, um, you mentioned Rahm Emanuel, but, um, you know, we need the critical swing state of Illinois where he was the mayor of Chicago to be in play in the next yeah. election. So there's some strategy mm-hmm. going on here that I don't think leftists appreciate. Yeah, yeah. This is all 4D chess, and I think right. that doesn't really resonate on Twitter. Right. Yeah. Anyway, all those, all those, you know, Twitter leftists that were saying that you know Biden wasn't going to fight for an ambitious climate agenda, they're going to feel really silly when he, when he, when this sails through over the next. Well, couple yeah, months. these attacks on Richmond—it's ridiculous. Um, he's only the sixth uh, highest recipient, I think it was, of fossil fuel funds, according to uh, Open Secrets. Uh, data that they compiled on it so that's not even he's hmm. not even in the top three he doesn't even get bronze there's five more even above that exactly yeah. Yeah. right would you would you rather have them he's not even placing hmm. that's it you know yeah mm-hmm. exactly that's it and how many people are there in the house like seven eight i think so yeah something like that not very yeah. many um and wasn't there a dupont guy in there as well who's the dupont guy that he did he just hired epa advisor it's like the cute people say keep your friends close and your enemies closer uh, I'm just, I just want, I would rather DuPont be on my side than on than working for the enemy. That's what I say. Yeah. And you know, even the name DuPont, I mean, it's kind of a, it's got kind of like an international flourish. It's kind of French sounding and would the French ever do anything harmful to anybody? I think, you know, we can trust them, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are criticizing them, but look, uh, there's two things I have to say about this. Like this is going to be as promised, the most progressive president ever of all time in all of history no one has ever done it more so time and time again that's it this is what it looks like so you know you can't all have marxists in office second would you rather have trump yeah it sounds like some of these people want trump to win i think they want trump to win that's it Okay, hello. Hello, everyone. It's The Insurgents, episode 48. Uh, and uh, this is Rob Rousseau here. Hey, Rob. This is uh, Jordan Yule, and I'm joined here by Ken Klippenstein. Hey, folks. Okay, I feel like we're still... I'm still confused about the pronunciation of Ken's name. I'm sure it's Ken Klippenstein. Like, no, no, no. No. <laughs> He's wrong. I feel like you need to know this. <laughs> this is... You, you no, see, I don't. You don't understand... Uh, J- Jordan's read the pickup artist books, and he's doing. This is the way you neg people. This is how you. Oh, okay. This is how you establish your dominance is by slightly <laughs> fucking up their name. What's after you've very them funny from- is, I have read one of the pickup artist books, and it's very funny. The game <laughs> by Neil Strauss. I I read that uh, years ago. I thought it was interesting. I think it's did that have any impact practice. on the whole like personal life 
stuff. I mean, I only do it to Ken. I don't know how good or effective it is. <laughs> yeah, he specifically read it just to put Ken down. It's like not yeah, for girls. Like in, in skipping, over, <laughs> skipping over the gender-specific parts about women. <laughs> it's like the end goal was to like have sex with women you'll never see again. Mine is just to, like I don't know, tr- annoy my friend, I, I guess. <laughs> Hey, it's part of the, it's part of the shared universe we've created on this podcast, and the the, mm-hmm. the parasocial relationships we have with our viewers. They really enjoy it. So <laughs> that's right. It has had some, that's right. It has had some important benefits. That's right. Ken, thank you for joining us. Unlike me, I do not get benefits, even though I've been a contractor for this show since its inception. Well, actually, when you signed up on that form that we told you was to enter to win an Xbox controller, you actually joined the military. So. <laughs> That's a benefit. And it, oddly enough, they put me in charge of their Twitch, and now you guys are trolling me on there, too. It's like a double insult here. Ken on the Army's Twitch account, like, not knowing how to game. I was like, what's, where's Poggers? Just everyone dunking on me. Yeah. I get, like, court-martialed for agreeing with you on uh, what's your favorite war crime. Yeah, all of them. It's just so hard to pick. Yeah. Uh, so how are you guys doing? Um, uh, still nothing really has settled down that much in the old US of A, huh? I just kind of keep, keep on expecting things to go back to some semblance of normalcy. I was told that once, uh, once fascism was voted out of office and the orange man was defeated, everything would just kind of go back to normal. And so far it doesn't really seem to be happening. So I'm just kind of wondering what the, what the timeline is on that. I'm just, uh, I'm in a state of shock right now that Trump hasn't, uh, done the thing he said he wouldn't do for the last four years, which is concede. He's actually following through on the thing that he consistently asserted that he would not do. So I think that um, if we can just get him on the record a few more times and say, sir, do you really intend not to concede? Then we'll, uh, he's going to back down and say, uh, no, actually, I'm yeah. going to. So we just got to – the press corps could put that question to him a few more times. It'll really clear things up for us. What I think is really helpful is when you have reporters like Maggie Haberman um, just tweeting out uh, anonymous quotes – from people in the administration close to Trump who just hope that he'll do the right thing and think he'll do the right thing. It's like, that's, that's beneficial. That helps everybody. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. He may not have yeah. risen to the occasion of the office in the first three or four years, but there's no reason that, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, like a, like a movie, it just sort of, the, the, there's a denouement at the end where um, there, it, things just swell and, and, and something, ha- and, and things come to a head in a way that they hadn't before. So maybe, because everything is just a, t- a TV show, it's like a West Wing episode. It's like a, it's like a, it's it's a, it's a, yep. it's a film narrative. Because that's all anything is. There's no real life. It's all just, um, you know, stories we watch to pass the time. Um, and so that's that's how this will play out. Yeah, there's one thing that Trump is really good at is it's being graceful and and having tact. Uh, so yeah, well, yep. when he's about to lose, like the one thing he's wanted most, uh, I think we can all expect him to do the right thing. What's wrong with that? It's just very bizarre how, like, how obviously preposterous this whole, like, pseudo-coup, I don't know what you want to call it. I mean, I guess it kind of is, regardless of how ridiculous it is. I mean, that's still kind of, he is still fighting to, like, overturn the results of the election. Um, And it's been so, like, absurd at many points. Like, you had the the press conference with Giuliani with, like, the total landscaping, the Four Seasons total landscaping thing. And today you had Giuliani with like black goo like dripping down his face as he's doing his press that conference. Was actually balsamic. But you know okay. what? He- <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You're too- that's extremely Anti-Italian. problematic. Oil on there as yeah, well. Anti-Italian. Yeah. I'm gonna have to call you in here. <laughs> Rob did a no growth here. Um, we're gonna have to edit that out. 
<laughs> but it's weird because it's just like it's so difficult to take it seriously. You know what it looks like. But at the same time, you have like the whole Republican Party still going along with it. They're still like using this language of like, oh, Trump won in a landslide. And like, it's very strange. Like it's it's you want to laugh at it at one point. But it's like this is it's like that Simpsons thing. Like, Haha, I'm in danger thing, like, for, all, for all of America. Well, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very bizarre. It's funny now because, it um you know, he would essentially have to rig elections in opposite directions. That is stop counting in some states recount in other states, you know, throw out um, uh, outcomes in, in, in different states. But like, you know, I think that this is going to shift um, kind of cultural expectations around what's acceptable, such that the next time there's a presidential election, uh, there, if the Republicans do this, I don't see any reason why they won't. They won't be, you know, going any farther than they have in the past that than, than Trump has already established. And it doesn't seem like anyone in the party is getting in trouble for, uh, you know, essentially trying to just ignore the outcome of the election. So, um, you know, I, I think it's really dangerous to just be like fine with it and not, you know, visit consequences of the people that are doing it. Um, because, you know, uh, there might be a close election at some point in the future. I, I know Democrats usually uh, have these landslide, uh, you know, Rooseveltian outcomes, but there might there might be a, an election that comes down to, say, Florida, for instance, um, that, yeah. that if they try to do this stuff, it could it could actually have an effect on the outcome. Well, that's just ridiculous. That it's just hypothetically. Like that yeah, we have to consider uh, all outcomes <laughs> oh. here. Yeah, it was very strange today, though, like Giuliani saying, like, you know, if you look at Michigan, if you take out some of the big counties that voted Democrat, Trump wins the election. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. OK, yeah, I guess that's true. But if like, you, what? if you remove all the blue states, Trump wins, uh, you know, he's, he lands in a landslide. <laughs> You ever think about that? No, but then you were so you're saying like how all these prominent Republicans are going along with it and they're not facing any consequences. Recently, you had Lindsey Graham, I think, literally like trying to do election fraud in Georgia and like contacting people and trying to get them to overturn the uh, the count. And then meanwhile, you have Vice President Elect uh, Kamala Harris giving him a nice little fist bump on the floor of the on That's the floor cool. of the Senate just to ensure that it's all it's all good and yeah. it, you know no real consequences. No one really cares. That's great. You love to see that. It's unbelievable. I, I, it's a time and time again, and like, I think what people so often get caught up in, it's like, does that actually matter? Does that act, you know, like singularly matter? No, but like, it's reflective right. of the, the greater, broader power dynamic in the country. Like, uh, they don't see themselves as adversaries. They don't view themselves right. as adversaries, you know, or it's at least fucking, it's, yeah, it's class solidarity. They've got it. Why can't we? Right. Like they, nothing will ever, bad will ever happen to them. You know, it's it's a Owen said it best. It's a big club and we're not in it. At the end of the day, their lives aren't going to change either way. They're fine. And it's all fucking kayfabe. And they know it. They game the fucking cameras and they just go home and do They're all they're all friends behind the scenes. They're all collegial. Yeah. That, that, that's, you know, it's all it's all wrapped up in collegiality. No, this guy's yeah. trying to fucking, uh, you know, influence the outcome of an election, trying to or at least try to. Uh, uh, use anti-democratic measures to disenfranchise people well, in they're, Georgia. They're literally doing what we had. A, we're, they're literally doing what we had a three-year-long counterintelligence investigation into Russia on. We know they're doing it. And they're doing it in the open. They're not denying it. Like they're publicly saying that that's what they're doing. And this is the thing that mm -hmm. we spent the last three years talking about. And now it's happening. But it's happening to a you know major political party in the U.S. So nobody um, seems to do much beyond just kind of tut tut it. 
Yeah. yeah. And like you mentioned how it's all kayfabe. Um, and, but in keeping with that wrestling analogy, the marks uh, out in the audience don't realize that it is kayfabe and very much believe that uh, this is like a completely fraudulent, fraudulent election and are being prepped to basically never accept the, the fact, the like legitimacy of Joe Biden's government or really any, any democratic government. Like they've basically like, uh, manipulated people into thinking that like any actual democratic wins are like illegitimate and don't really count. And uh, as much as people are, might be doing that for their own political gain, uh, meanwhile, having class solidarity with one another and like not really kind of believing in it, millions of people do believe in it. And like, that's creating a pretty fucking dangerous situation. And I'm not sure anyone realizes like how bad that could possibly go over the next couple of uh, months and years. Wait, are you against solidarity? Uh, it sounds like you said you just said you you're, you seem very critical of class solidarity. I'm for kind of anything that brings people together. Yeah, I'm doing another no growth. You're being now. yeah. There's a few, you've had a few problematic it. ones this episode. I mean, I, it happens to all of us. But um, yeah, we're gonna get canceled. I would like to see some um, you know penance on your part. Yeah, I don't know. I don't uh, know how much concern I have over actual you know, changes in the outcome. No, no. Cause that would take a lot. And I think some of the fears over yeah. like coup talk and, and whatnot, uh, might be a little overblown. We've talked about it before on the show. It's like, you know, be alert, but you know, don't panic just yet. Uh, the Michigan stuff is a little weird. People like getting calls directly from Trump and now like, Oh yeah, actually I don't want to certify the, the results. Like surely that's not legal. I, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't I'm seem not a lawyer like or anything, but that seems be. like kind of untoward doing that. I yeah. Don't know. At the very least it's, it's, it's improper, but who knows? Like but the thing is, who's going to do anything about it? You've got Biden out there broadcasting like, yeah, we're not going to, we just want unity. We're not going to prosecute him. We're not going to go after him. Okay. Well, this is liberals are going to experience the hangover of, um, you know, having got intoxicated on this campaign that is pitched towards disaffected Republicans. Well, the like necessary corollary to that is that then you're not going to prosecute their side after you come into office because part of your mandate then is to, uh, you know, bend and scrape to the um, segment of the party that thinks that Trump was an aberration. Uh, I mean, we'll see. He's bringing Trump's bringing the Michigan, some of the Republican Michigan state legislature uh, legislators to the White House to talk. Um, I Yeah, the same point to Rob. Like, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what conceivably they could do to reject the results, but um, but a little a little weird, a little unnerving. I, I don't really I don't really have any concern about Rudy Giuliani's legal conquest uh, to, <laughs> to do anything because the guy just seems so profoundly inept that I was I was reading a synopsis of his argument in the Pennsylvania case and it was actually kind of funny. Like he couldn't argue. Like he argued at one point, there's massive voter fraud all over the country, and the judge was like, "Wait, well, what does that have to do with what you're arguing here?" And he's like, "Oh, well, it's happening everywhere, so it's happening here." And, like, he was only arguing about, like, one specific spot, and the judge was like, so you want me to throw out the entire results from the entire state? That doesn't seem right. And Giuliani was, like, all over the place. And then today we saw reports in his other cases, or in his press conference, he's talking about my cousin Vinny. <laughs> just like, Wait, what? I think he just is so accustomed to talking like you talk on TV, and he's, like, very bombastic and hyperbolic that it just doesn't resonate in a courtroom, and their argument is pretty flimsy at best but yeah in his press conference today i guess he was talking about my cousin Vinny. i saw a quote also from the press conference today from from trump lawyer uh jenna ellis 
She says, your question is fundamentally flawed when you're asking, where's the evidence? You clearly don't understand the legal process. Now, (laughs) again, maybe I don't understand the legal process, but I was under the impression that you typically did need evidence to to prove some of these kinds of things. But again, Mm -hmm. that's maybe the the brilliant minds of Trump's legal team. How how am I supposed to argue with that? I mean, it seems like they know what they're talking about. So who knows? (laughs) This is like the um, culmination of year. He's just... Giuliani's just been like this monk hermit, just like creating stacks of just theological treatises. And uh, now today, now it's go time. He's going to release the, the the result of this extremely ambitious um, uh, legal framework that he's created for, uh, you know, calling out calling out all the uh, election fraud. And um, and, you know, it's so hard for him that his, you know, he's his brain is oozing out of his pores and everyone's laughing at him. I think it's kind of messed up. Um. Again, that's balsamic, and that's just how Italians sweat. You know what it looks like. Do you guys remember the scene in the Matrix where they're like they have the they have the babies and the little incubator things that they're harvesting the energy (laughs) from, and then they just liquidate it into that black goo. That's what it looks like is coming out of his head. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny! It's like such a funny way for them to go. Like they're just like (laughs) leaving on the most like inept, uh, just clusterfuck. Okay, those two things. So I I think a lot about in this time. How, when Clinton left office for Bush and how tumultuous that transition was because people were, you know, rightfully pissed about the Supreme Court case, influ- you know, dictating the outcome. And the way they got back... was a legitimately back- stolen election. I mean, it should yeah. be noted. Yeah. <laughs> like- and the way they got back at Republicans was, among <laughs> other little petty things, they removed the W keys off of computer keyboards. Like, that was how they did it. Got him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was, like, some other, like, graffiti sure and stuff in the that. White House. But it was just, like, I remember, like, because I grew up in a, in a household that watched Fox News all the time. Like, they were furious. The, the, there were so many pearls clutched during this transition over the W keys. People really <laughs> held on to this. And I think now it's, like, we've come so far where they're just, like... No, we don't accept it. We're not doing anything. And then the report came out yesterday that they are like just trying to create as many problems around the world as they can. You could argue, I, I break from liberals and thinking that pulling out of Afghanistan is bad, uh, since you know that was a first term Obama promise, but uh, among other things that they're doing, people think like various appointments that would crossover into biden's term um other uh, other changes that are made they are trying to create as many problems as they can before they leave that campaign layoffs uh some other downsizing and like the the boosting of fundraising um asks i think shows that deep down everyone around them is like yeah this is over we just need to do like a grand hurrah and go out in a blaze of glory trump will probably never admit it never concede because he's just too egotistical. And then he just sets up a 2024 on. The Democrats take the W key. The Republicans literally take the W and just say we won. And then try to <laughs> ram, ram through every policy that you said Damn. you do. On like Afghanistan and things. There wow. we go. We are not the same. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we are not the same. <laughs> can, can, you, can you shed any light, uh, you know, considering you're someone that has like sources within sort of national security establishment uh, and this stuff? on what exactly is going on in the White House in terms of like the, the, the firings that they're doing. And it seems like they're preparing for something possibly. And they're like, there's conflicting information about like 
we Jordan mentioned pulling out of Afghanistan, which would be a, a good thing, frankly, even though now uh, liberals who have do, do in fact have Trump derangement syndrome are bending over backwards to talk about how that would be bad. But like, I feel like there's possibly something dark on the horizon. Like, is there, do you have any inkling of like what exactly is going on there? Yeah, I think you're right to be concerned. There's a few things. So one is they fired the general counsel of the NSA, the National Security Agency that, um, you know, a lot of people are familiar with this from the Snowden disclosures and what it told us about their extraordinary surveillance capabilities. And my understanding about this is that um, they want to uh, leak signals intercepts, or at least parts of the Trump administration want to, um, to their allies in Congress. So in the Senate Intelligence Committee and the House Intelligence Committee, um, in their mind, uh, to either you know exculpate Trump on the Russian investigation or to make Joe Biden look bad on Ukraine stuff, um, and so because what's interesting about that is you know when you remove the Secretary of Defense, that's a high level position that we read about in the news all the time, very political. You know the president's probably meeting with him all the time, so you know that says something different. But to remove the general counsel of the NSA, that's the guy that creates the legal basis and says um, you know here's what you're allowed to do, here's what you're not allowed to do. That's a highly technical role. That's a less visible kind of less politicized role. So that's really interesting in itself. And and so what I'm what I understand is people are concerned that they're going to try to share some of the NSA spying stuff with um, uh, Republican allies in Congress. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing, uh, moving over to the Defense Department, he removed the um, Secretary of Defense, um, Mark Esper, replaced him with someone that's relatively well respected. He seems fairly well respected. I think my understanding is he, he does have probably less experience than you would need for it, but not generally regarded as a bad guy. On the other hand, his chief of staff is extremely Trumpy. And, um, you know, from what I'm told, um, he's supposed to be the sort of enforcer um, to, to because he has his own authorities that he can use to do things and can work with the NSA and those things I described before. Um, but one of the biggest concerns is that they might try to go ahead with a targeted strike on Iran, some kind of uh, offensive action against Iran, um, you know, maybe hit their um, uh, uranium facilities, um, which in itself sounds like, you know, a pretty pinpoint operation, but it's not that simple. Um, estimates I've heard uh, say that, you know, you could uh, it could lead to 10 of thousands of deaths and, you know, massive instability in the region. Um, so that's another possibility that I'm hearing discussed a lot. Another one is that um, they he, he wants to really uh, withdraw from Afghanistan, which I don't think is bad. But um, the problem with that, as with Trump on all things, is that these things are complicated to do. Um, I'm not saying, you know, he, he there's no sort of like safe way to do it in the next several weeks, but it's going to be hard for him to um, sort of check the legal boxes that you need to do in order to do something like that. Somebody like Trump just doesn't have the attention span it seems, or the um, kind of technical knowledge or interest in it to be able to go about executing that. So you're going to see the national security state, and, and we have kind of stand up to him and try to slow walk the whole process enough that he won't be able to do it. So I'm skeptical about his ability to do it beyond just um, the sort of drawdowns that we've seen happen periodically and, and, and not ultimately um, leave from leave from that country. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Iran. Um and that yeah, you mentioned like that's not just going to be some simple like surgical targeted strike or something. That would be a huge escalation. And I think if you kind of are interested in the sort of U.S. foreign policy stuff, that's been one of the concerns about the Biden administration. That even though Trump has been a disaster on foreign policy, Biden could possibly you know in terms of his like advisors and the people that are talking to him about this, um, could ramp up a lot of the kind of the worst elements of of U.S. imperialism. And I guess one possible. Uh, beacon of hope in that and all that is that potentially he could go back to a more normalized relationship with Iran and get into the Iran deal again 
Not that I would have any understanding of why Iran would be motivated to do that, considering they now know that pretty much anyone can just come along and tear up that that deal as soon as they uh, feel like it. Uh, but Trump making that kind of an escalation on his way out the door would make that like virtually impossible for a Biden administration, right? Right. And we see them do this all the time in other ways. So um, with respect to domestic policy, it's like every time Republican leaves, they just blow up the deficit and then, um, you know, whatever meager interest a Democrat might have had in, in expanding um social programs is going to be kneecapped at that point because um, then Republicans can just say, how are we going to pay for it? Look at this deficit. Where did that come from? What are we going to do about it? So there's quite a lot that the um, commander in chief militarily and then, you know, the uh, executive in our country um, domestically can do to, um, you know, um, just stonewall any attempts at progress going forward. But yeah, I think we should be extremely concerned about um, the notion of last minute um, military action, um, not just with respect to Iran, possibly Venezuela too. Um, unfortunately, the way our legal apparatus is set up, we just concentrate a ton of power in the in the uh, presidency. So um, there's 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 um, you know vanishingly few checks on what they can do. If the um, if it's not something that the national security state is going to be pissed off by, as is the case in um, Afghanistan. To go to, on, on the Afghanistan stuff specifically, the the arguments from liberals that were really like <laughs> cracking me up. You know, one of the main criticisms was that it, it's going to put our troops in danger. That's the people who, you know, yeah. are still there. And it's just like I saw um, Tammy Duckworth saying uh, all the military commanders have spoken up and said this is the wrong thing to do. We want our troops home, but let's not bring them home in body bags. And it's like, what? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> you're bringing them home so they don't come home in body bags. And the pe- people yeah. in uh, in my replies were like, um, well, what if there's an attack and we don't have more people there to help them? It's like, what? <laughs> First of all, you've been there 20 years. Yeah, right? This isn't rushed. Like, <laughs> Biden himself was like, yeah, we're out in 2014, period. And now all of a sudden it's a bad idea. And then people are like, well, then, you know, now Biden's in a situation where he just say he has to, he just has to send him back. No, he doesn't. No, he does not. You you withdraw you replace any sort of like militaristic presence with with funding and 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 diplomatic efforts and nonviolent measures this is unbelievable that we are still having this conversation 20 years later when you got kids of people who went when this first started now serving this and is un fucking believable and when the president that Biden served under literally said that was going to be one of his first acts was to end it and then you know asserted that again after re-election it's ridiculous and it's just like it's like it's it's almost insulting because it's like, dude, nobody believes this at this point outside of think tank people and people that live in you know North Virginia and D.C. Like everyone knows what the game is. Just like why even lie about it? <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, the body bag line was so disingenuous, and it's like they're trying to use this like these like images and stereotypes and these myths of war to perpetuate forever wars. You know. The body bag thing is so fucking absurd because to pull them out guarantees their safety and to argue that people who you know are still there are even in more in danger will pull them out too and find another way to help uh, this quote vacuum from being created like we created this problem we fucking did this you know we invaded and we just just like killed hundreds of thousands of people in the process I, I I'm I'm it's hard for me to care about a few hundred people staying there and a, hi- a, hi- a hypothetical threat being posed to them when you have all of these other 
autonomous entities and vehicles and aircraft and whatnot as deterrence. It's a justification for forever war, plain and simple. Yeah, but what about the stock options of like weapons contractors? Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. Because uh, we yeah, got to think about them that? too, right? Um, right. Blue, blue chip stock lives matter, and <laughs> yeah. it needs to be factored into what we're looking at here. I and mean, look, is... and if they're unhappy, those CEOs aren't going to be willing to take jobs in the Biden cabinet, and we want them on our side, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hate it so much. I hate it so uh... much. <laughs> Maybe it's like a very simple traffic yeah. thing. Like you yeah. just have all these uh, helicopters coming back at the same time. They might bump into each other. There's too much air traffic going on. <laughs> yes, we're gonna see. We're gonna see some like like. Oh my god, we're gonna see somebody make that argument. <laughs> It'll be like Max Boot, and he'll be he'll be yeah. like, "Well, just look at all the sh- uh, crashes we've had in aircraft carriers and things. God knows what could happen if we try to withdraw from a country all at once." <laughs> yeah. I think overall, it's just been, I mean, notwithstanding all the, the crazy Trump stuff and the, the coup talk and all this business, it has been really discouraging over the last um, week or two as Biden has been naming his like transition team and like the people that are going to be advising him with regards to the military stuff, with regards to the environment. And it just, it seems like the writing is on the wall for what the Biden administration is going to be. And I think, you know, obviously people have been trying to talk themselves into this for a while and try to imagine that he is going to he's going to like be some kind of like FDR figure just kind of by by nature of being in this position at that exact moment in American history. But like it seems clear like what what their strategy is going to be, what their goals are going to be. Uh, it's going to be another, uh, you know, a repeat of the Obama era, but with someone who's like far less uh, less talented at the helm of it. And even more of like a, a lifelong Washington insider. And yeah, it just seems like people need to kind of disabuse themselves of this idea that uh, that Biden's going to like miraculously, after 40 years in Washington, D.C., all of a sudden like govern as when he finally wins the presidency as someone like completely different. You know, it's just not going to happen. Although he did say there's cause for um, some hope here. He said he's consider he's seriously considering running again for reelection in four years. Um, which I think would be important representation for like corpses running and uh, not having to necessarily have a pulse, which not everyone does. But a lot of people don't yeah. have one. We often discriminate. I mean, it's, it's all these people voting. That was the good thing about this election. We got a number, a number of those uh, non-pulse having Americans voting. Um, the crucial <laughs> yeah, voting right. block that right. delivered the election to Biden. Right, right. Do you realize the privilege you have when you say that uh, pulse is necessary for engagement yeah, in politics? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dick Cheney doesn't have Ch- one, and he's involved. Look at him. Look at what <laughs> yeah. he accomplished. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so. Not a lot of great, not a lot of great uh, news coming out of uh, coming out of America right now. Jordan, you're with us. I'm back. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Okay, he got angry about the um, with us making fun of Biden. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's it. He had to take, a, just he had rage, to take a moment. He rage quit. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, "This is my FDR." You're you're talking about? <laughs> How dare yeah. you, sir? <laughs> yeah. So uh, before we move on. Should we read a couple of reviews? That's always that'll lighten the mood a little bit, right? Yeah, some it. nice reviews of the show. I always enjoy those, mm-hmm. don't we? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's go into another edition to feedback corner.
Okay, welcome back. It's Feedback Corner. Uh, it's the, everyone's favorite segment. Everyone loves this, especially me and Jordan. We all we all really enjoy doing it. So here is, we're going to read some reviews of the show. There's a couple of uh, pretty good ones here, depending on like you know what your perspective is. So you might think it's good, or you know possibly uh, insulting and hurtful, maybe depending on who you are. But um, let's let's get to some of those. Jordan, do you have the other reviews called up? Uh, not the second, but I will. You want to go first? Okay, I will go first. Jordan, clearly very prepared for this uh, this segment. I just had a technological catastrophe over here. I was <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, all right. This this uh, this review says, "Thank you for your service." Five stars. As a vet, I'd like to personally thank Rob for busting in Canadian Antifa or Cantifa as they prefer <laughs> to vote the Cheeto out of the White House for us. And I heard Ken or Clippy, as he likes to be called, was banned again. Cancel culture just goes so far, and it's disgusting. It's called Canuctifa, sir. Canuctifa. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I do what I can. I do what I can to inter- uh, intervene in the electoral process of the United States. Rob is our cultural affairs liaison from Canada. Just kind of uh, translating of the American yeah. insanity to a non-U.S. audience. That's right. Our, our, culture, our cultural attaché. Uh, this one's called <laughs> Free Kenneth. Uh, Ken served his time. He's a changed man. Reinstate his potting rights. That's the uh, uh, entirety of the of the review. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, I think okay. there are a lot of people, especially recently, that 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 believe in um, redemption and second chances, mm-hmm. um, and not these draconian punishments that I think that you guys have have really embraced here on the show. I mean, God, are you guys processing really back that? into this? That, that I don't know. I don't want to have to have this conversation again. Like, you know what you did. You violated the rules time and time again. And then we just talked today yeah. about the, the non-compete clause being violated. It's just like, you don't care about these rules. You have <laughs> to have some agreement structure. was like 10,000 pages long. I couldn't read it. You yeah. had five minutes. You we have to have strong institutions. It. Our listeners have to have faith in the institutions mm-hmm. of insurgents, global HQ, that they're equipped to deal with the situation when someone refuses to abide by, certain uh certain measures that are being taken they have to have confidence in this process okay so this review says great job buds love listening to rosso and the j yule pod in the morning (laughs) you bros are so rad lib it's like listening to justin trudeau kickflip over human rights codes sick (laughs) don't care for karen klippenstein foyaing our only black president though that type of violence is common for the far left and is bad vibes for real Love you guys. Keep putting the zoo in morning zoo. Smooches. P.S. Love the new catchphrase. The cycle must continue. Fingers crossed. Biden adopts. That was a good Ooh, review. I like that, I like I that one. Mass Effect reference there at the end. Okay. I wasn't sure what I like that was the coming. jewel pod for Jordan's name. That's a good one. The jewel pod. That. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. I'm surprised we haven't come up with that. Well, we're not very previously. creative. We never promised creativity. That's true. <laughs> um, it's a little unreasonable. This one's from Wyatt Coke. That kind of stuff. Uh, you know, <laughs> purveyor of fine button-ups. You uh, still love the podcast, but the recent admission by Rob that he wore Janko jeans without having taken a pic changed my mind. Perhaps really, Ken Rob? You were a Janko f- guy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This, it, hold on. Perhaps Ken can file a FOIA request to find evidence. <laughs> yeah. There's the end of history, Ken. 
It was a it was a wild time. <laughs> yeah. hmm. Early two thousands. Did you listen to um, Limp Biscuit? No, I, I was too. I was like, they're too mainstream for me, man. I was into like the the underground Victory Records <laughs> hardcore bands. Oh, was Jinkos? I didn't go in for Come, this. I didn't go in for this new metal comeback stuff. Comeback kid and whatnot. Were they on Victory? They're Canadian, right? I believe so. That may have been that may have been a couple years after my time. This was like Snapcase, Hatebreed. Hatebreed, yeah, they're, they're mainstays, yeah. Shut down. That was a classic Victory Records band. Okay, I would not have pegged you for a Jinko guy. I remember my most. Uh, I remember there was a. I I was in like the marching band in high school, and I remember being in the bus where we would like go to like have the, uh, like event or whatever and i remember somebody with jinko jeans walking down the aisle and the loops of those massive jeans getting caught on like multiple instruments in the like the clarinets and yeah shit like and literally getting caught them. and everything it happened three times in like one thing and i was just like oh my god the sacrifices these people make to 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 wear these yeah. wear these jeans. it was jeans. not in hindsight it was not a good fashion move you would walk around when it was raining and just your pants up to the knee would just be soaking wet <laughs> it was amazing there was neither it was not good neither form nor function they, no, they accomplished so not a lot going on in, in either of those categories. <laughs> that was one of those things where, like, I remember my mom telling me at the time, like, okay, I'll, you know, you can wear these pants, but I'm just telling you, when you're older, when you're an adult, you're going to think back on this time and you're going to realize you looked really ridiculous. And I was like, no, I won't, mom. <laughs> Leave me alone. Well, fashion's and, cyclical, so it's coming back around. No, like, I'm like, maybe she was onto something with that. No, she's don't, never given to the mob, the fashion <laughs> Yeah, <mob>. never, never. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, well, here's the, here's the last review here. Okay, it says, love the podcast, but... Uh, love the podcast, guys. I've only been listening the past few months, and I have no idea why Rob Rihanna and Jordan Yuletide banned Ken Clipspringer. He clearly is the most captivating of the three. I'm joking, of course. I need all three daddies together. Keep up the good work, especially with Rob's baby-making lavender candle voice. Oh my goodness! Oh my Whoa. god! Did you write Holy this review, Rob? Moly. We're all we're all sitting here wondering who wrote this review. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. Who who knows? Who knows where that came from? I think that's a, just uh, a looks totally like he natural, switched his uh, uh, his organic his initials around. It says it's Rob Rousseau. He just flipped. He spoonerized his no name. No idea who that yeah, is. Yeah, I can't. Completely. <laughs> That's like the Democrat forgetting to log out of their alt. <laughs> From their, or forgetting to log into their alt on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Classic. Uh, okay, well, that's that's enough for the reviews. That was fun. That was fun to revisit Feedback Corner. And then once again, if you want to leave a review for the show, um, you can do so over on Apple Podcasts. We always... Well, not always. We often appreciate getting those, and we'll, we'll, you know, if we get a good review, we'll read it on the show. So, uh, please feel free to do that. Ken, against my better judgment, where can people find your Substack, and where can they subscribe? Um, just go on my Twitter. I link to it in my bio. Um, at Ken Klippenstein. If you just click on okay. it, okay. So you, go to Ken's Twitter to account, unfollow him, and subscribe <laughs> <Yeah>. to his. <laughs> yeah. You can only have one. He wants you to pick one or the other. Exactly. Well, thanks, Ken. Thanks for coming on. And, um, you know, it's the last time, obviously, you're going to be on the show. Yep. So I hopefully went out with a bang. Hopefully Any last a, words? Got a lot accomplished. Yeah. Um, subscribe to my Substack. Oh, That's boy. it? Okay. Yep. 
That's the one you're working on with Andrew Sullivan, right? Just the kind of joint <laughs> craniology. Joint I think that's what he called it. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, I'm, I'm like the, uh, it's like Hannity and Combs, and I'm the Combs just responding to all of his brain science. You're, you're the fucking punching bag for everything, <laughs> right? This like gormless fucking loser who just like they <laughs> sought out the most contemptuous person they could find. Like, yeah, let's get him on TV and just have him just they, get beat up by sh- some fucking New York blowhard. It's so funny. <laughs> they get this guy who was like the high school football guy in Hannity and then they pick like the human equivalent of like a greyhound dog yeah just sitting there like silently (laughs) yeah why I think he literally died like a couple years ago years ago yeah 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 and he was like really he was like really skinny too prayers up for Alan Combs R.I.P. bro (laughs) he's a real one (laughs) all right thanks Ken we'll talk to you soon all right see you guys